0: that purpose uh today is the i believe third installment of uh the one flesh podcast that we are starting the new series one flesh that we're starting um it is uh it's been going really well guys i I like the one flesh content that we've been putting up or that i've been putting up i guess i'm really looking forward to having some new people on some people i guess new people some people that you've already uh heard but um are going to have a new perspective and they're going to be joining in just to talk about marriage that's what uh, this one flesh podcast is supposed to be it's supposed to be all about marriage how do you find a woman how do you get her to marry you and how do you conduct that marriage uh i obviously obviously do not have all the answers my wife would be the first one to tell you that uh, so it's not just going to be me it's not just going to be all me uh, it's going to be other dudes that have years and years worth of experience and um, I'm kind of filling in for those guys right now because we're having a little bit of an issue getting on you know, remote podcast hosts getting some people in studio but hey it's going all right uh, we're getting you content nonetheless and uh, I'm glad to be here with y'all. Uh, today we are uh, just going to go over something kind of quick and sweet, and something that I do think that I can speak on. Something that I think that uh, you know to, to pat myself on the back a little bit. I think that I did really well, uh, you know, when I had to, when I was in this space in life. Something that I'm helping other people, you know, kind of try to figure out, and uh, it's working well. So one thing that I'm going to talk about today is is about having the hard conversations, uh, and specifically before you're married. Uh, You know, hard conversations need to be had, and they're going to be had, and they're going to be a lot harder conversations if you don't have them uh, before you're married. But uh, you know, some people don't even have the hard conversations with their married until you know 20 years into their marriage, and and then. Things fall apart because those conversations are just too hard. Uh, you know, I want you to think about if these hard conversations are kind of like lifting weights. Uh, you know, if you do it regularly and often, and if you start early, then you know by the time you're you're forty or fifty or sixty, then uh, you're going to be able to lift a lot of weight with your wife. Uh, if not, and you go up and try to deadlift nine hundred pounds, uh, your back is going to break, and unfortunately, that's what happens to a lot of people. So. Um, this is gonna be kind of a, a two-pronged approach, and I'm gonna write something down here. Sorry if you can hear my desk noises. Um we're gonna start, and this is a little bit more for me than it is for y'all, but we're gonna start with having hard conversations. Sorry, I cannot write and talk at the same time. Having hard conversations. And then we're gonna go into acting like you're married. Let's see. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Treat her like your wife. Your wife. Sorry for the pauses, guys. Cannot think and write. I write bad enough. If I try to do it while I'm talking, it gets worse. So, um, what am I talking about? Let's talk about what having the hard conversations means. Uh, what are the hard conversations? We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about... Uh, finances is a big one that you need to talk about, and it's one that I'm not very good at. I'm good about talking with it, you know, talking to Dylan about it. Just uh, we end up talking about how shitty I am at doing finances. So. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, having conversations that uh, are typically uncomfortable and that t- people typically, you know, don't want to talk about. It's always uncomfortable no matter if it's your wife or your girlfriend or uh, whatever. We're, again, we're talking about uh, kids. We're talking about religion. We're talking about politics. We're talking about finances. Uh, oh, you know what would have been good, and I, I didn't even think about this, was to pull up the, the criteria from, from Kate Carter and, and center Uh, the hard conversations around that that's what I'm going to I'm going to try to write these down I believe it was religion um, religion money family health and fitness health and fitness uh, religion, money, family health and fitness, substance abuse For hard conversations, I'm going to go ahead and add in politics. I don't remember um, what uh, what they all were, but I think that was close. It was five of them. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so I think I'm adding politics on there. So we've got religion, money, family, uh, health and fitness, and substance abuse. You know, Caden and I kind of touched on this about, you know, talking about those things before marriage. But uh, I just kind of want to levy the the importance of of. Levy. I don't know if that's the right word. I want to convey the the absolute importance of of having those conversations uh, before you do actually get married. And, and this is a concept that uh, I kind of explored with somebody else. I won't say his name uh, just for for his sake, but uh, I had with somebody else. And you know what really put it into perspective for me, and I think him because we, I kind of stumbled upon this during the conversation with him, is that uh, the reason that you want to have the conversations now is because the longer that you're the longer that you're not really engaged uh, that your boyfriend and girlfriend or that you're in a relationship even before you get married the more likely it is that y'all are going to have to make decisions that will affect you uh, in your marriage let's talk about buying a house let's talk about uh, where do we go for college what do we do for a career where are we going to live Uh, things like that. And what I see a lot of times is, uh, you know, number one, people don't want to have the hard conversations. So they have no idea what their partner feels about these things. Uh, They don't have any clue. You know, politics is a big one that people don't Uh, do that with and I know I'm I'm kind of scatterbrained a little bit I I will find a a trail soon that we can follow Uh, politics is a big one for for hard conversations let's talk about just the conversation piece Uh, you know people like to avoid that in the dating game people think that it's not cool to talk about that with uh, you know People that you're dating, especially women, because a lot of women aren't into politics. And, uh, you know, not everybody wants to be overly political. Not everybody's like me, where they want to dive into politics 24 uh, 7. A lot of people think it's a turnoff for somebody. And, you know, it might be. And, and you may be getting that vibe. And I'm going to tell you that if politics is a turnoff for them, uh, if they're really apathetic to politics, then number one, that proves that they need to have the conversation, uh, even more so because what, what is bad is that, you know, the apathy for politics means that they probably have, uh, a lot of views that are not very good. That could mean that they're, you know, easy to persuade or really open-minded about politics and their, their views might align with yours once you start talking about it. But, um, if they're just like you, gross politics, uh, you know, the personal is political and i promise you that they do have political views and what's going to end up happening is is you're going to get into your marriage and um you know once you have kids once you have careers once you're invested in taxes and things like that all these things that nobody really thinks about when they're younger uh once you are invested in that politics begin to matter a lot and what what really happens is you know there's a saying by Andrew Breitbart that politics is downstream of culture. Uh, what does that mean? That means that the culture of a country uh, shapes the politics. And it's the same thing within a person. The politics of a person is downstream of the culture. You can tell a lot uh, from somebody by the way that their politics are. Now, not all the time and not as much as what people like to you know, like to think. You know, I'm not saying that if their politics are one way, they're, you know, this is the type of person that they are. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the idea there, there is a lot of truth to the saying that, uh, the personal is political nowadays. Uh, for example, one of my non-negotiables, not that I'm in the dating world, but, uh, really even to, to have friends, uh, you know, meaningful friendships. Uh, one of my non-negotiables is pro-choice or pro-life. Uh, if you are significantly pro-choice, uh, You know, if you believe that up to nine months is fine and it's between a woman and her doctor or honestly, even up to um, anywhere, you know, I've worked with people that, you know, say, oh, I believe it should be okay in the first trimester. I don't believe that. And if you stick to your guns on that super, super hard, then you and I still probably are not going to be very good friends. But um, if you're anywhere in like the second trimester and third, we just don't get to be friends. And why do I say that? A lot of people think that's harsh. A lot of people think that that's closed-minded. The problem is, People have a lot of reasons behind their, uh, whether they want to admit it or not, behind their political beliefs. They have um, either a lot of reasons to believe that or a lack thereof. Either they're the type of person that doesn't think things through uh, a lot of times based on their politics, or they're the person that just has beliefs and value systems that don't uh, that don't match yours, and if you think that that's not going to show up later on in your life, uh, you're being foolish. Uh, it will, you know, it does. Let's take the Second Amendment for example. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't understand the significance of the Second Amendment. <laughs> um, it's it's a matter of individual liberty. Uh, it, it is, and again, why is that important? Because if you're <laughs> Let's say if your significant other has a deep, uh, either ignorantly or actively has a trust for authority, uh, what does that mean for her? Is she going to be an independent person? Are she going to allow you to run your household, you know, your family, independently from what other people have to say? Uh, or is she just going to, you know, bend over to whatever the mob says? Let's say at the elementary school, let's say you have kids and the elementary school wants to do something with your child that you're not a fan of. Uh, let's say, for lack of a better example, they want to label them ADHD and... Uh, they want to label them adhd and put them on meds and stuff like that uh and your wife has this tendency to just appeal to authority and say oh yeah the government's going to take care of it and uh, we don't need our guns and all this stuff uh and then you know the school comes knocking and the doctor comes knocking and uh, they want to put your kids on adhd meds and you're extremely against it and then you now you have to fight uh the establishment and your wife uh, and your wife because she's going to go you know what Um, You know, I agree. I I appeal to the authority and the quote unquote big quotations experts uh, that say that our kid has a problem and he needs to be medicated. Uh, You know, not to be overly political, but this is happening all the time with the gender stuff. With the gender stuff, women who, and sometimes dudes, but women who were not necessarily political, uh, you know, are appealing to authority on this, on this type of thing. Parents who are genuinely good people uh, are appealing to authority on this type of thing and their kids are ended up, you know, getting screwed up because of it. Uh, and it's because of this, uh, you know, value system or lack thereof that they might have that can that can show itself uh, in other conversations that that need to be had uh, when you're dating. And again, I know this is kind of hard to believe. A lot of people, you you know, a lot of you are probably going to think that I'm crazy, and I don't exactly have. The best words to articulate what I'm talking about other than by, by keeping this centered on marriage and not political and, and socio, you know, not making this a, socio, uh, a sociology, you know, podcaster experiment or lecture, um, you can tell. You can tell a lot by somebody's politics. Typically, if I nail you down on two to three issues, I can write a book uh, on the way that, that that you think and the way that you feel, and I can predict how you're going to think and feel on other things. I know that may sound arrogant. No, it's not right 100 percent of the time. Uh, for example, Jonah is a moving target a lot of times, and that's just because he likes to disagree. Uh, there are people like that. You know, there are people that no matter, and not saying that this is completely Jonah, but whatever side you take, they're going to take the other side. Uh, Jonah does that for fun sometimes. He and I have different political beliefs and it's hard to nail him down because and this is a shot at him Because I know I'll probably listen to this and I think it's funny I don't know that he knows what he believes half the time and there are people like that uh, but for the vast majority of people the general public if you can nail them down on a few issues and you can you can understand what they believe on certain political topics, we're talking pro-choice, we're talking uh, the LGBTQ bullshit, the uh, taxes, we're talking the Second Amendment, uh, things like that. If you can nail them down on a few things, uh, it's going to be pretty not easy, but you can tell a lot of the ways that they're going to handle, uh, handle life in the future. And that's a conversation that needs to be had. This is something that many, 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 many people don't do. I say it all the time to my buddies and a lot of times I used to get pushback. I used, you know, I would say, look, dude, you better you better just start having these political conversations. You know, D Ellen D Ellen didn't know D Ellen didn't care. But when I brought it up, uh, you know, I could see where her headspace was at and I could see what she was thinking. Uh, you know, a lot of my buddies, when they're dating these university girls that do have opinions and have strong opinions, they're just like, ah, it's it's not important, you know, we're just we're, it's a Relationship, it doesn't. We're not voting together, you know. Why? Why does it matter? Uh, and then it has been validated time and time again, time and time again. When my buddies don't have conversations about the politics, uh, it doesn't work out. Uh, when we finally figure out, you know, what kind of person that this girl is and where her politics really do lie, uh, you know. 180 of this other person that she's dating that I know I know where he lies once I finally figure out where she lies it it doesn't work out uh and I've had multiple people multiple people come back to me and be like yeah man you're probably right she was she was violently pro-choice and feminist and and you know all of the things blm or whatever uh and not many of my buddies have dated anybody that far on the left but uh they just came back to me and said dude there were si- there were signs and uh i wish i would have just asked you know political questions sooner and i you know that would have been a very good sign to, to to back out um those are that's one form of hard conversation the politics um uh, Family. What is your family like? What do you What do you want to uh, see in a family? Do you want to have kids? Uh, this is not something that always has to be agreed on either. And you know, politics is something that uh, you either need to be able to agree on it or have a really good plan to, on how to deal with it. But uh, family, this this isn't something that hugely has to be agreed on. Ellen and I weren't on the same page for. Uh, a long time about the family stuff and and you know i think we always were somewhat on the same page i just didn't want to admit it maybe Uh, i was i wasn't sure about having children and you're not gonna be Uh, you're not always gonna be and the older you get the more sure you need to be like if you're trying to date somebody who's 30 years old and doesn't want kids but you do that's a lot different than if you're you know 18 uh even 20 and you know, this person doesn't want to have kids. Uh, if, if they answer the political questions right, uh, there's a good chance that they're probably a little bit more traditional, a little bit more conservative, and they'll end up wanting kids. Uh, religion, you know, if they check out on the religion, Christianity, they're really into into religion and, and Christianity, and they, they like to do the right things by God. Uh, and they and if they have tight family values, let's say uh, their their extended family, their mom and their dad and their aunts and uncles and stuff like that, if they've got a strong family, uh, then they probably are going to come around eventually to kids. You can see a lot by having all of these conversations. Um, So, you know, family, family is a big one. Again, if you're dating somebody that's 30, that's not sure if they want kids and you want kids, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long, hard road. Uh, It's going to be, it's it's going to be stressful uh, because eventually you're going to end up resenting them for not giving you children. And now that's not always, but uh, that's, that's where these things typically tend to go. Uh, so have that hard conversation, um, health and fitness, you know, it, it, you can judge a lot of somebody's health and fitness based on their appearance. Uh, that is true. Uh, but also not a lot, you know, a lot of people, uh, are just average and you know, they still look pretty attractive and they're still kind of hot and, and you can, uh, you can, you can understand where their, their health and fitness is, is kind of at. Uh, but you know, it's something, ask them what their health and fitness routine is. Why are they doing that? Are they doing it just to look hot? And once you marry them and they don't have to worry about looking hot anymore, uh, they're going to quit and they're become, you know, become fat. That happens to a lot of couples, uh, you know, ask them what their plan is to continue, uh, doing health and fitness. You know, how important is health and fitness to you? Uh, are they pushing pills really hard? Is she on anxiety meds? Is she on depression meds? Does she need to be on anxiety meds? Does she need to be on depression meds? Uh, how do they view going to the doctor? Um, these things that are going to impact your marriage, have that conversation, understand where you're at, uh, try to make these things match see what is the next one money money is a uh, substance abuse is is pretty obvious you know ask them if they have any not creepily you have to do this with tact obviously or as the young men call it the riz uh you've got to have tact and riz uh for the old folks that's charisma but it's r-i-z-z uh the riz uh you gotta have the riz when you're talking about these things, you know, substance abuse. If her mom, and again, this is not a bad thing. These are things that can be worked through. Uh, if her mom is a drug addict and uh, you know, she kind of likes to go out to the bars and have a good time, uh there's you know, a good ch- and she doesn't she's not vehemently opposed to drugs. There's a good chance that she's doing key bumps in the bathroom with her girls, dude. Uh there's a good chance. Have those conversations. What do you think about drugs? Like, have you ever tried weed? Have you ever tried coke uh you know what about your family and what's going on there uh have these conversations people can hide these things especially uh you know especially if they're not asked by about them they can hide these things for a long long time uh they can lie about them easily for a long long time and it will eventually show up have the hard conversations talk about it uh you know the last one uh well it's not the last one religion um you know, I don't think that here, here's the deal. I think that a lot of couples can come together of different religions and, and do mighty fine. Uh, I think that they can, I think that you can be pretty open-minded about religion and, and do okay. But if she's a hardcore atheist, uh, and you were raised Christian and maybe, you know, I see this a lot, uh, guys are raised Christian. They were always went to church. Their parent, you know, their moms are, are Christians. Their grandmas are Christians, whatever. Uh, they went to the baptist church every you know every sunday for all of high school they get to college and they start partying and they don't go to church and they're 20 something uh, and you know religion is is no longer on the forefront of their mind well then you're probably not going to want to date an atheist uh you know, that's super passionate about atheism. And you may say, well, it doesn't really matter to me right now. I haven't prayed in years. Uh, I promise that it, it probably will. Either you're going to end up miserable uh, or it probably will matter to you uh, in a few years. Once you get older, once you start to realize how those things actually, you know, positively affect your life, once you start to feel out, you know, feel left out by your friends who have turned back to Christianity or the new friends that you're finding that are going to church, uh, that's going to be a sticking point if your wife is a, not violent, but a what is it? Venus? Um she's she's really really insistent on being an atheist since I can't find my words uh, you know she's very passionate about atheism if that that sounds like an oxymoron uh, passionate atheism uh, <laughs> anyway um, you know maybe she's maybe her family is hardcore buddhist maybe her family is hardcore hindu uh, and you know she's not really into it you're not really into the christianity Uh, I promise things will get tough if you, if you go into a situation like that. And at the very least you need to have a conversation of how you're going to deal with that. Uh, because when you get older, those things will start to become a lot more important to you and maybe not even that much older, maybe like two or three years. Uh, maybe in two or three years, you, you find Christianity again, or that cross that you've been wearing on your neck, uh, starts to feel a little bit heavier. And so you, you turn back, uh, well, what do you do with this woman? Who's now your wife? Uh, that is, you know, she's really nothing right now, but her family's straight Hindu. Are you going to convert her? <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. I can't get mine to, to pick a place to eat. Are you Are going to convert her to Christianity? Good luck. Um, yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, and this becomes a whole lot more difficult if you don't have those conversations. And that's kind of my point. Uh, you know, I hesitate to even bring this up because it's probably a longer conversation than what we have time for. But uh, <laughs> I have a, a a guilty admission. You know, you know me. I'm very uh, I'm very not. Uh, Modernity isn't always my thing. It is on a couple things, but uh, you know, modern pop culture, however the hell you want to say it, I tend to reject a lot. I don't watch Yellowstone because everybody else watches Yellowstone. I'm a little bit of a, a contrarian, I guess. Uh, I don't watch reality TV shows that a lot of people. I didn't watch Squid Game because I didn't want to watch Squid Game. It's for the commies. I don't do TikTok because it's for the commies, uh, and that's what all the kids are doing. Uh, but actually, I sat down with nothing to watch uh, the other evening, and I stumbled upon this show called Love is Blind. I'm sure many of you know it. Uh, it's on Netflix. And what they're doing, and it, it's so fascinating to me. And, and, you know, it is entertaining and I do get caught up in, you know, uh, is Johnny going to marry Jane? And, uh, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe she said that. Yeah, I do get a little bit caught up in that. Uh, but the main reason I started watching it is because it, it's, it's such a fascinating experiment. And if you haven't watched it go watch it, uh, especially if you're into the marriage and into, into having conversations like this, go watch love is blind and, and just tell me what you think about it. Uh, it is, it is so insanely, uh, such a good experiment. I think I, I, I well, I don't know if it's a good experiment. I think it's, Let's talk about it. Basically, what they're doing is they're taking—I don't know what their selection process is for these people. It seems like they were all in the Pacific uh, Northwest, and I've only watched the the last season of it, the season four. Um, I didn't get to start on season one for some reason. It started me on season four, but they took like a group of people that I guess were just from the Pacific Northwest. Northwest. I don't. I don't know that. That's where they ended all. All ended up, but. Um, they select this group of people by some sort of criteria, which I don't know what they are, uh, to come in, and it's 15 guys and 15 girls. They put them in these pods where you can't see one another. You can't you can't see one another. You literally have no idea what this person looks like. And then they speed date for a little bit, and they decide who they want. And then uh, after that, they, they date for a little bit. And when I say date, what they, what they do is they go into these pods and they talk. Uh, they just have conversations. And sometimes they can play games with one another. Yeah, it's... It, it is what it is, but uh, anyway, uh, then after that, in, in order to get out of the pods with a woman, they have to propose, uh, and it, it's, again, uh, I'll have to sum up my thoughts on this, but uh I want to do a whole episode talking about this 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 show later. I want to do a lot of research on it and, and talk about it later. Anyway, they, they have to propose to the person to get out of the pods, and they go spend a week in Mexico. Uh, then they spend four weeks in a townhouse uh, that the show provides them. And then finally at the end of it, uh, they go to the wedding, and this is their final chance to say yes or no to being married to this person that they've known for four weeks uh, that they – first quote-unquote fell in love with inside the pod uh and one thing and and again part of the problem is that this is curated obviously with all reality tv shows we don't get to see all 20 hours that they're having you know 20 hours of conversations that they're having and uh you know they're 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 putting four weeks you know if you're talking about i think they had like five couples you know five couples times four weeks that's what 20 really 20 weeks worth of of content of this couple of of time being spent with this couple they're not they can't put that all in uh into the show so they have to curate it so keep in mind i'm not stupid i know that there's probably a lot of things that are being said uh being talked about that they're not showing but that is also part of the of the mystery of the show is is they're presenting these people, this this group of people that are putting together the show are presenting to you, to the American public, what they think the American public is interested in, uh, which, is a, which is a fascinating point because what they're not showing, uh, at least at the very early stages, is the hard conversations. That's not what they're showing. And that, that's how this relates all specifically to this topic. I know we, it took a long time to get there. Uh, what they didn't show was the hard conversations they showed the men being vulnerable which was a little bit overblown um that was a little annoying is that uh they put a lot of emphasis on the men crying to the women and it was (laughs) that's yeah anyway uh yes you do need to be vulnerable but these dudes were these dudes were pretty pathetic at times and again that's only what they're showing us yes i get it but uh, they weren't showing the hard conversations. And even then, you know, it, it got to later uh, in the in the time of, for these couples to where they're like a week or two away from their wedding and then they start to bring up like finances. Like, oh, how do you feel about finances? Or, oh, yeah, my mom's kind of a Christian. Uh, she's probably not going to like the fact that you're just a raging atheist. Um, <laughs> like, then they started to have the conversations. And so you could tell that some of these couples did not have the hard conversations when they were in the public. And all I could sit there and think about is like, I wonder, I wonder how this, this group of, you know, hoity toity, uh, gotta be lefties. I mean, they, they've all got to be lefties, commies, uh, all of these women would react if, if somebody just came in there, a good, you know, a strong man, uh, with good conservative Christian values came in there and started asking their opinions on like abortion, money, finance, like within day two or three of being in the pods, I wonder how they would react. It's got to be just a complete and total rejection. Like, it has to be. It has to be. And then when they finally start having these conversations, things start to come to light that they don't really like about one another, or that they do like about one another, or uh, you'll see them get tense because somebody wants to do something different than what the other person wants to do. It's just wild. Um, Give me a sec. It's just crazy. That's the whole thing. That's the only thing I could think when I was watching this show is like, they're not having the hard conversations. They're not, you know, they're not having the hard conversations. And then finally, finally, they start having some of the hard conversations and some of them, it doesn't seem like they ever did. Some of them, they still have no clue how they're going to run their finances and they're about to be married. I don't know. They haven't shown me that maybe none of them get married. Haven't shown me the end of the show. The the episode drops on Friday and I'm, I'm waiting like a giddy high school girl waiting for the bachelorette just because I'm so invested into this experiment. Like it, it just is so crazy um, it's so crazy. And again, it's so valuable for what we're doing here at at one flesh to really see how this turns out. And I'm going to try to see if I can dig down to the bottom of what this experiment is and who's curating it. And why are they curating like that? Because even, even then, I know you can tell me that it's all, you know, fake and gay and that the, uh, they're, they're showing you only what you want to see from these couples. Yeah, I get that. But that's part of the point is that you've got these people, this, this multi-billion dollar company or whatever, Netflix, uh, putting this face, putting this face on marriage that they think that the rest of America wants to see that they think that the majority of Americans want to see. And from my estimation, they think that the majority of Americans don't want to see these couples have the hard conversations. They want to see these couples all bubbly uh, and, and, you know, talking about just finding their one true love and their soulmate. And, Oh my gosh, you know, we, we have the same song in mind and uh, our spirit animals are the same. Like that's what, that's what they think that the American public wants to see. Either that, or those hard conversations are not happening, and that's all that these couples are doing. This this small you know small ish sample size of the American public. Uh, how representative is that of the American public? Is it actually, or is it this just you know micro group of of weird lefties up in in Portland, Oregon? Is that who this is? Um, and again, why did they only pick people like that? I'm just so fascinated by the thing, and and again, the thing that I think has really fascinated me first is you know, I don't really care what your favorite fucking color is. Uh, if I'm going to be married to you in, in like 28 days, we got things we need to work out. <laughs> I mean, we got to talk about things. We got to understand how you're, how you want to, you know, do kids and do finances and, and what your career goals are. Do you want to be a stay at home mom? Um, these are the things we need to think we need to talk about. And again, maybe they did, maybe they did, but also that brings up the question, why are they not showing me that? because that's what I'm interested in. That's what I want to know. I have no problem with somebody getting married in a matter of, am I saying 28 days? Is that seven times four? Yeah. I've got no, I've got no problems with somebody getting married in a matter of 28 days. I think it's, it's absolutely impossible or not impossible. It's absolutely possible. You can do that. Uh, If you, if you get the hard conversations in, uh, if you talk about things and if you talk about what marriage means to you, You know, uh, I think it's absolutely possible. If you say divorce is not an option, if you say absolutely no, what, no way in hell are we getting divorced? We need to talk about the hard things. We need to make sure we're good on the hard things and we're going to go. I've got no problem making an impulsive decision like that and not even impulsive. I think you can learn a lot about somebody in 28 days. I think you can. Uh, I think if you're really, really, uh, strategic in the way that you have these conversations and, uh, you know, obviously you got to Riz them up as the kids say. Uh, we already talked about what Riz is for the people over 40. Um, obviously you got to Riz them up, you know, to, to get a date and stuff like that. Uh, obviously you want them to be infatuated with you. Obviously you want it to be romantic, but, uh, yeah, on top of all that, if you're here looking for a marriage, uh, we got shit to do like right now we got, we got things to do. We got things to talk about. Uh, And they're not showing that. And it it was just so wild to me. And so if you're looking at getting married, um, I want you to think about the hard conversations that you're having. Hell, if you're already married and you didn't have these hard conversations, you might want to put it on the family calendar uh, to talk about a lot of these things and to get a plan to address them. Finances, uh, big one. Um, Religion, money, family, health and fitness, substance abuse, politics. Uh, You need to be talking about it. You need to be talking about it especially, especially if you're dating and I'm not talking about, you know, six months into dating. That's not what I'm talking about because you can ask one of these questions and you've wasted six months. You really have, uh, luckily you asked it then because you would have wasted, you know, five, 10 years. Uh, that's the worst case scenario, but I'm talking like second, third date, start bringing up religion, you know, second date, start asking a little bit about politics, and again be tactful i'm not saying go in there and be like yeah how do you feel about the assault weapons ban you know what i'm saying like that's not <laughs> we don't we don't do that if i was dating a girl right now i wouldn't get on the second date and be like yeah so are you a baby murderer or do you believe in you know life no that's not what we're doing you try to feel her out you say yeah it's, you know in the political world's crazy right now isn't it and she if she has nothing to say about it well then maybe you delay the conversation a little bit or you kind of jump around it um she perks up and she's like, oh, yeah, I love to talk about politics and, you know, stuff like that. Then maybe you start diving into politics. And if it gets real heated, well, then maybe you back off a little bit. Maybe you say, oh, I could have handled that a little bit better. Obviously, do this with tact. I'm not saying throw down on the second date about abortion, guns and taxes. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but anyway, guys have those hard conversations, have them early in your relationship, especially if your goal is marriage. Uh, if your goal is just to have fun and quote unquote fun, uh, if your goal is just to have fun and be irresponsible and, uh, not date with a purpose, I just recommend that you don't date in the first place. Uh, because that's, it's pointless. You're just going to waste your time, just going to waste your time. But, uh, let's move on to my, to my second part, uh, treat her like your wife. So, you know, again, I, I mentioned that I had a buddy that was having not issues. He's not having issues. Uh, I, you know, he and I called them growing pains. Uh, I don't even know that they're growing pains so much as as uh, opportunities uh, to to grow with his future wife. I think that's a better way to look at it. And, you know, he and I talked about that after we threw the word, you know, the word growing pains around a little bit. I, I try to re reframe the situation as, hey, look, dude, you've got really good opportunities to uh, to make your your future marriage stronger here. Um, you know, the thing was, they were they were being forced to have some of these hard conversations. They were being forced to think about what they thought about these hard conversations and, uh, you know try to try to negotiate and to uh, try to negotiate and try to find a compromise on some of these hard conversations that they're having. And one thing that I really, really tried to push to him was, hey, dude, uh, by all intents and purposes, you're married. You're married. How do I know that? Uh, well, my first question is if she were to come up pregnant tomorrow, which you shouldn't be having sex before marriage in the first place, that is a place that I've changed my mind. Don't ever tell me that I haven't changed my mind and I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not, (laughs) I'm married now and I can have all the sex that I want and I do. Uh, but I, that's a place that I've changed my mind. Number one, you shouldn't be having sex before marriage. It's a bad idea. I've been thoroughly convinced by Cade Carter and many others. But uh, let's say that you are. Uh, if she was pregnant tomorrow, would you be willing? Would you stick around? Would you go marry her? Uh, number one, you should. Uh, if you're not an asshole, you should. But if you have reservations on that, uh, then maybe, maybe uh you're not with the right girl. Maybe you need to... uh Maybe you need to rethink some things. Uh, If your answer is yes, hey, buddy, you're married. Because if that's not going to force you to have any doubts whatsoever, nothing is. You know, maybe being cheated on or something like that. But... Assuming all things go well, you're gonna end up married. You're gonna end up married. So let's start acting like it. Uh, you know the next what was the what was the next thing that I said? Yes, yeah, that's the first question is if she had a, a baby tomorrow. But oh yeah, what else? What else do you? What else? What other hard things do you foresee that might break your marriage up? You know what I mean? Like, let's say she was about to go into a doctoral program, and let's say that you're not married yet; you've only been dating for about eight months or something like that. Uh, and she's about to go into this doctoral program. Well, then you may not really be considered married because there there could be a lot of things that happen there that that you know uh, you're married you you don't last until marriage because of this program. That's that's pretty significant, and that may be something that could break you up. But if you're both just living life. Uh, if you're both just living life and things are going pretty good and it's looking like you're going to get married in the next couple years or even the next, not couple years, but the next few months or the next few years, um, next year or so, uh, for all intents and purposes, you are married. Why do I say that? Because there is a 100% chance that the choices that you and her both make right now will affect your marriage. What do I mean by that? Career, job choice. What job is she going to end up choosing? Uh, what you know, college major is she going to end up choosing? Uh, let's say you want to buy a house. What house are you going to end up buying? If you don't make these decisions as a married couple, uh, you're going to have to deal with them as a married couple eventually. Um, you know, I had another buddy, and this is this is just to use him as an example. If he listens to the podcast, he's probably going to know who he is. And I don't, I don't think he really made a bad decision at all. So don't don't take it that way, because I know you're you're probably going to listen to this. Don't take it; it's just an example. Uh, I had a buddy who had a girlfriend that. Um, for all intents and purposes he was married to again if she would have had a kid the the next day he probably would have stuck around um and he probably wouldn't have any hesitation about doing that uh had every intent to to marry her there was nothing big that was going to come up uh they both graduated they both got things going on both just living life uh it was time for him to buy a house um time for him to buy a house he had saved up his money um it was time for him to buy a house and again i don't I know you might be listening to this. I don't think you made a bad decision. That's not what this is. This is an example um he from what I could tell, he was making that decision based on what he wanted. not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all and uh she may have had more involvement than what I know I may be completely wrong again. Don't think you made a bad decision, but where I could see that going wrong uh is if he went and he house shopped <laughs> and he bought the house that he wanted. Um, And he planned on living in it for, you know, 15, 10, 15 years. And if he didn't really consider her opinion because they weren't married yet. Again, I don't know if that's what happened. I doubt that's what happened. I'm sure she had pretty heavy involvement in a say in what happened. But uh, that is very easily something that um, you make a decision on your own, even though you're for all intents and purposes, you're married to this girl, even though she doesn't have a ring on yet. Uh, you buy a house you intend to stay on it and five to stay in it for five to ten years you didn't make that decision with her you didn't make it as a married couple i'm not saying she needs to be on the mortgage i'm not saying she needs to be on the you know on the house buying paperwork or whatever uh, but you didn't include her in that decision as your wife um and let's say she moves in and she doesn't like the house let's say she moves in and it's just not big enough uh, let's say she moves in and she doesn't like this certain part of it she doesn't like how far it is away from her work she doesn't like uh, the neighbors she doesn't like the area that it's in uh, and and five to ten years later here's here was your plan this was, you were gonna build equity in it for five, you know 15 years get it paid off in 15 years uh, have a big fat check coming in in five years she is not having this house she's pissed. She doesn't like this house she hates this house she knows that you got the money for more yeah could you save money and and uh you know get a fat check in 10 years yeah but she doesn't want to stay in this house for another 10 years look at the position that you just got yourself in and again i'm not saying this directly to you i know you know who you are this is not directly to you this is this is a metaphorical person just based on your experience look at the position that you got yourself in you didn't you didn't approach this as a married couple Uh, even though, yeah, you weren't married. I get that. You weren't married. I understand that. Uh, you didn't approach it as a married couple. And now look at this. You're having to suffer the consequences as a married couple. Okay. Now what could you have done? You could have brought her to the house showings. You could have taken her opinion into account. If this was your wife, I guarantee you that you, you were going to take her opinion into account. If it was your wife, I guarantee you if she's sitting there saying, I don't really like this closet, then you're going to say, yep, wrong house, nope, get me the fuck out of here, we're leaving. She doesn't like the closet, we're going, we're done. Okay, that's what you're going to say. If your wife is standing there saying, oh, the bathroom's just a little bit too small, you're like, next house, next, next, we're getting out of here. I'm not dealing with this for the next 10 years. Okay, but you didn't make that decision as a married couple, and now you're forced to deal with it as a married couple. This applies to everything. This applies to everything. If you think you're gonna get married, if for all intents and purposes, uh, you're gonna get married within the next, or for all intents and purposes, you are married. If you're gonna get married within the next six months or you're gonna get married within a year, nothing significant is going to change that. You are married. You are married. You need to start making decisions as a married couple. This includes your career, what you do for a living. That includes your career. If you're in college right now, if you're in college right now and uh your significant other cannot make up their mind about what degree that they want okay and you're pretty sure that you've already bought the ring and you go oh well it's your decision well you know it is your decision you know we're not really married yet and uh you know just just do what you whatever you want to do no you have a stake in that is it her decision i'm sure it is no it's not it's not it's not Take that back. It's not just her decision. It is y'all's decision. Because y'all are both going to have to suffer the consequences as a married couple. Your debt will be her debt. Buying cars. I see this happen all the time. All the time. A couple. They're six months away from marriage. Maybe a year and a half away from being married. Uh, Maybe... You know, she needs a new car, and uh, mom and dad are influencing her in a bad way or whatever. And uh, she goes out and gets herself into $40,000 worth of debt. And then guess what? It's the dude's problem now once he gets married. It's going to be your problem. In about a year's time, it's going to be your problem. Okay? Start making decisions as a married couple. I'm not saying you have to get married. I think that you probably ought to. I think that you probably ought to get quick, married quicker than what you think. Okay. But you need to start making decisions as a married couple because it will affect your marriage, especially these decisions that last five, 10, 15 forever years long forever years long. Okay. I think I've belabored the point enough. I don't think I have really anything else, uh, significant to add. Um, I don't think so. I think I've made my point. Uh, I hope that I've been able to put that into perspective for y'all as to why it's so important to have these conversations and have them like you're married. Make decisions like you're married because you will be. You will be. And again, you know, I speak from a little bit of bad experience. Uh, Not much. I was actually good at this. Uh, This is something that I'll pat myself on the back on and that I have reaped so many rewards from. So many rewards from. My marriage is absolutely awesome because dylan and i both approached number one we were not scared to have the big conversations we had the hard conversations we talked about the things that we needed to talk about and we worked through them and we worked through them early a lot earlier than a lot of people would have uh next we made decisions as a married couple um you know what apartment we got we made that decision as a married couple uh what house we got we made that decision as a married couple Okay, what jobs I took. We make those decisions as a married couple. Buying cars, doing all of those things. We we tried to make those decisions as a married couple. Insurance, life insurance, uh, car insurance. We tried to make those decisions as a married couple. And for the most part, we did. And we were much better off because of it. We were much, much, much better off uh, because of it. Even though there wasn't a ring on our hand, I knew that we were married, that this was going to be uh, forever and always. And that this decision was not just temporary. This decision doesn't stop. Uh, you know, that new car that she bought doesn't go back to the dealer the day that you get married. Actually, it becomes your fucking debt. Actually. Uh, that's how marriage works and that's how it should work and that's how you should approach it. So anyway, guys, like I said, I think I've belabored the point enough. Uh, I hope that I, you know, made an impact. I hope that this conversation, um, Oh, I guess it's not really a conversation. You're just kind of listening. I hope that this lecture uh, kind of got through to y'all and uh, hope that it's going to help you out a little bit in in your relationship and kind of force a perspective shift. Uh, Get on it, dudes. Get on it. This is the rest of your life that you're talking about. This is the rest of your life that you're talking about. This is the woman that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life if if you're going to get married. This is the woman that you're going to have to live with. Uh, You better approach it with some sort of intensity and some sort of purpose right now, right now. All right, guys, that's all I've got for you. I appreciate it. Tune in on Sunday uh, for the regular edition of the Purpose Podcast. Thanks.